0: Buddy, and Welcome to another episode of the Film Feast podcast. I am your host, Matt Bledsoe, uh, and this week I'm very excited because we are talking about two great comedies, uh, Wet Hot, American Summer, and They Came Together. And to help me talk about those, I'm joined once again by the host of Cobwebs, a gothic cinema podcast, and one of my favorite people to talk movies with, Daniel Epler. But Daniel has not come alone this week, uh, as he is joined by someone who is no stranger to being a podcast guest herself, and that is his wife, Stephanie. How are you guys doing? hi hi (laughs) this is very exciting i just told you guys i never had more than one guest so this is fun this is uh, a new a new thing to try here so yeah and we've never
1: well we've podcasted together many times but we've never guested on someone else's podcast together
0: so this is new oh this could be the start of a a thing here we could do a a series or something (laughs) Uh uh-oh the applers like
2: special guests
0: yes that's right (laughs) i get both both the applers on for uh, a monthly series or something (laughs) No, no, no,
1: no. Uh, your monthly series is unscottable, which I'm oh, very excited about. By yes, the
0: way. I, I think I have to mention that at the top because I if anyone didn't hear and I feel like a lot of people did. I mentioned this last week uh, when the last episode dropped. I tweeted about starting this uh, monthly Tony Scott series unscottable and it got like one of the best responses of anything I've ever posted about. <laughs>
1: Because everybody loves Tony Scott right now.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, they should love him all the time. But I'll take you know, it's it just warms my heart. I was people who I'd never talked to were reaching out to be on the show. Um, people that I know you're friends with who kind of I think helped push me toward them. But some of them volunteered without even me asking them. So yeah, it was it was pretty great. I'm even more excited now and more nervous. I feel like the pressure is really on to do a good job. <laughs> So yeah, you're talking
1: about tony scott movies it, it can't go wrong you're just gonna yeah. have fun
0: yeah <laughs> i think so it should be fun and uh i guess i will tell everybody that is gonna start in in march and my plan is to do uh once a month last friday of every month will be the unscottable episode it'll still be on this feed you don't subscribe any new podcast i'm not starting a new podcast <laughs> and uh, it'll still be here and you'll get them once a month last friday of the month and uh, it should be it should be a lot of fun. Um so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And Daniel, you'll be on at some point. I don't know if I should say for what yet. Yeah, I think we'll keep that a surprise, but you will be on for at least one of those Tony Scott movies.
1: Yeah. Hey, Steph, what are your thoughts on Tony Scott? <laughs> uh, I don't
2: I don't know who that is. That's okay. <laughs> That's fair
0: enough. That's okay. Uh, Daniel, you gotta show her some Tony Scott movies. Like I don't know where to start, but oh, maybe man.
1: I don't know. She's not really into dad movies. Tony Scott makes a lot of dad movies, which I love, but
0: it's not really her jam. It's true. But he makes like cool dad movies.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) I love dad movies. I'm all about them. I'm not a dad yet, but I do love a good
0: dad movie. (laughs) Steph, can you confirm that Daniel loves dad movies? Oh,
2: absolutely. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> see now i don't even know like when i, I what a dad movie quite is because now i just think these movies are great and then people call them dad movies i'm like wait these are the dad movies? anything with denzel washington or clint eastwood is a dad movie
1: and that's a lot of tony scott movies that is true. not with clint but with denzel not with clint, for sure
0: sadly just denzel <laughs> a lot of denzel but um but yeah so that should be a lot of fun that'll start in march because i need time just to uh put some research in and, and, you know, do good work on that. So, but that, but that is coming. Um, so yeah, I will, I will kind of explain the movies we're doing. If people aren't familiar with what hot American summer and they came together, both directed by David Wayne, a lot of the same cast in these. If you have not seen them, if you haven't seen them before we start talking, you should stop the podcast and go watch both right now because they're pretty fantastic. Um, and we kind of came up with this because as this, uh, as this drops, it is Valentine's day weekend. So they came together as a uh, kind of a fun parody of rom-coms. And then we just want to talk about what American summer just because so, uh, and you both are uh, fans of these, I would say, right?
1: Yeah. Yes. uh, We are big fans. Um, I saw they came together because, because of F this movie, honestly, because they were championing a bit when it came out, I think in 2014 and I saw it, and I just loved it. I just think it's so funny. It's so much fun. And I showed it to Stephanie pretty early in our relationship, and she has, I think, far surpassed me in terms of fandom of this movie. Uh, it's, it's. I mean, I think it's one of your favorites, wouldn't you say?
2: It's so comforting.
1: Yeah. Well. Okay. But why?
2: I don't know. It's just. Well, it has Paul Rudd in it, which you can't go wrong with that. Um. I don't know. I just. I like. I like funny movies. They make me feel happy.
1: And they came together is one of the funniest, yeah. maybe. And, and Wet Hot American Summer, uh, oh my God. It's it's a movie, again, I watched it because of F this movie because they championed that movie a lot as well. And uh, it's it's not a movie that clicked right away because it's so absurd. It's so <laughs> insane. But every I swear every time I watch it, it gets funnier.
0: I would agree with that statement, and we will get into that I, before we get too deep into both the movies. Though I kind of jumped ahead of myself, and I apologize. But what so for you guys? Do you we all people know Daniel's taste? He's been on the show. They listen to Cobwebs, and but he's a man of many tastes. It's horror. You like you're in action, comedy. Steph, what are some of your favorite movies or favorite genres? If if uh, movies is too specific. <laughs> uh
2: yeah, I like um, a lot of teen comedies. Uh, I read a lot of teen books, um, so I like to watch those movies too, and just. Comedies in general, I guess. I like watching things that are more light and don't take a lot of, I don't know, effort, I guess. Because I like to watch stuff to relax. Um, so, They Came Together definitely fits in that. Um, yeah, I'm I'm obsessed with The Edge of Seventeen. That's one that oh, I really okay. like. Um, I don't know, things like that.
1: You're a huge fan of Twister. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so... When I was a kid, every time there was bad weather, my brother made us watch Twister. Anytime there was a tornado watch or something, my, my older brother's like, oh, we got to watch Twister. And like, it scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. But now, you know, it's kind of novelty in a way, I guess. And I, I love it.
1: And you are obsessive over the Back to the Future trilogy, oh, I know. True. Thanks oh. for
2: knowing all the movies I like. That's
1: okay. <laughs> this is the information I store in my brain. There Not much else, but this.
2: Yeah, there was a summer where I watched all three Back to the Future movies almost every day.
0: Wow. that's. A good show.
2: that's <laughs> I've I'm had to have been, like, this. ten. I don't know. I, I was just obsessed with them for some reason.
1: Can you know. rank the Back to the Future movies?
2: One, three, two.
0: That's absolutely right.
2: Okay. Oh, I don't know why I need your confirmation.
0: <laughs> That's a popular take lately. I'm still a one, two, three guy, straight down the line. Okay. Like, But I need to rewatch three. I haven't I, – three was the one I watched the least as a kid, and I feel like the West setting kind of put me off as a kid. But I think yeah. now I like Westerns more, and i would probably be more into it. And I think two, every time I watch it, it uh, gets a little – worse for me like when i was a kid i loved i put it like on equal ground with the first one and it's slowly kind of fallen from that status so um yeah i need to watch three again but no you can't go wrong with the back of the future trilogy that's that's fantastic (laughs) so uh i'm curious about this though with you guys so where how much like is there a lot of like movie overlap or a lot of movies that you both love or is there just a few things or because i know how much stephanie how much is daniel dragging you in to watch all these horror movies he's watching (laughs)
2: drag me into a lot. He's pretty good about being like, oh, you probably won't like this. I won't make you watch it. But there are times when like he's introduced me to things that I definitely wouldn't have watched on my own that I've enjoyed.
1: Yeah. My favorite thing is when I'm completely not expecting her to like a movie and like maybe I'm not even showing it to her. She just kind of sits down and then she loves it. So two of my favorite examples of that are one just happened recently. Uh, I was watching Speed and Steph does not like action movies. It is not her thing. Ah, uh, but she sat down fairly early on, and man, she watched the whole thing, and she enjoyed it so much. It's
2: because of the relationships. Yeah. A lot of action <laughs> movies don't have good relationships and like normal everyday people that you get to learn about, and that's why I don't like them that much. Because it's just, I feel like it's just action.
0: But, but Speed
2: my, yeah. has people that I like.
0: That is why my sister likes Speed. I think because she loves Central Bullock and Keanu Reeves. She's like has a huge crush on Keanu Reeves, especially in that movie. So I think that's what gets her into the movie, and then she's like, "Oh, this is so exciting." <laughs>
2: Exactly.
1: The other example was just a crazy one. (laughs) Somehow, Steph absolutely loved Stuart Gordon's From Beyond. Oh, it's so good. We watched that in my dorm room in college, and she was so into it. And I was like, (laughs) this is amazing. It's amazing.
0: That's the kind of movie that I would think, I would really think hard about showing to anybody who I thought wasn't into horror. I feel like, because I watch it by myself, and I'm like, I feel weird watching this, (laughs) But, but I love it. But, um, no, that's amazing. And I'm kind of like you, Daniel, I think of someone's taste. I don't drag people into movies. I didn't mean to apply. You drag people into movies. But I, if I know <laughs> someone's talking, I like something, I won't force them to watch it. Like, if but if I think they'll like it. I would love for them to give it a chance. But yeah, it's sounds like you're good at like, you know, Steph's taste. You're not trying to make her watch every single thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, the thing is like, I like all kinds of movies and Steph more like certain kinds of movies. So there is overlap, but there's a lot of stuff that I watch. That she's not interested in, and that's okay, you know, like she doesn't have to watch uh, hard boiled with me, you know, that's okay, I get it,
0: <laughs> but it is fantastic, <laughs> it absolutely is. Oh, so good. Um, well, yeah, okay, all right, well, that's that is pretty interesting. I was curious about like what was going on, like, what you're watching in your house together, <laughs> so um, but yeah, I guess we can we can jump into What Had American Summer first because that was the the first movie that that came out here, um, and you kind of mentioned when you first saw it, it took you a while to get to get into it um and i feel like for me it this isn't i'm trying to, i'm not trying to humble brag or anything but i feel like right away i was pretty into it <laughs> but but i saw it i think i saw it when i was younger when i liked it but i saw it for the first time probably like at this movie mentioned it but then a friend of mine uh showed it to me because he really liked it uh named rob and rob is like the the I, this sounds mean, but he's the weird guy in our friend group. But I really—he's like the the quirky, fun, weird friend, you know? He just like—it's—it's it's totally up his alley. And he showed it to me, and I was in pretty quickly. Uh, I think the moment that I was like, "I like this movie," and it's a weird little moment is when David Hyde Pierce is talking to Janine Garofalo, and she's trying to get him to like come to a presentation for the kids, and he just <laughs> out of nowhere screams, "Her!" He's like, "I said no," because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, this movie's just offbeat, just like it." just enough you know it's this weird comedy that um that i know this is the kind of where i know wouldn't work for a lot of people and i wouldn't show it to just anybody i know and be like oh let's watch this fun comedy i have to know their taste a bit <laughs> so yeah
1: i i guess but on the other hand like i i just can't imagine not thinking the stuff in this movie is funny you know
0: I don't know i've met people who who don't think it's funny and i've yeah seen, i guess i've read a lot of reviews people just don't get it and that'll actually come in more and when, when we get to they came together but i feel like this brand of comedy that like it's mostly david wayne and michael Sh- uh, michael showalter because they uh write a lot of it david wayne directs it um and suffer like the states and have, have, have you ever watched stella back in the day uh i don't know what that is do you it is <laughs> it is uh michael ian black uh, michael showalter and david wayne had a sketch show i think it was a so it's the three of them, and it's kind of this style of comedy. This weird, offbeat style of comedy. I, if you haven't seen it, you should check it. I think you'd like it. Okay. So, cool. yeah, yeah. And uh, I just feel like, yeah, this is the kind of thing where some people just aren't on the wavelength. Like, I mean, I think it's hilarious, but I, I don't know. There's just something uh, that I think it's just off enough. People are like, this is weird. I, I was trying to compare it to um, – like you're listening to music and it's just off by like a beat, like by a second where it sounds it's weird to some people, but some people get really into it. I couldn't think of a better analogy, but it's it's I don't know. I was in from the get go. So um, I, I'll ask you, Steph, what um, do you remember when you first saw this movie and like what were your first impressions? Did you like it right away.
2: I feel like I just saw it not that long ago for the first time, um, maybe like a year ago. Or... It
1: was when we did that uh, movie night with some friends and it was summer camp themed. Okay.
2: <laughs> so yeah, that was just I don't know. That it was about a year ago. About a year ago, yeah. Um I don't think I don't know. I don't think I had strong feelings about it. Either way, I know there was the point where they're talking about how, oh, we should get together in exactly 10 years or whatever. (laughs) At that point, I assumed the rest of the movie would be 10 years later, and that's why they were all way older than they should have been. (laughs) And then I just kept expecting it to like flash forward, and it never did. And I was like, uh, Okay.
1: (laughs) If you say you're going to be here at 1130, make it your beeswax to be here at 1130.
0: That conversation is great. That's another thing where I was like, I like this, where it's like they're just debating about the time. It's like, well, if we say 930. We mean not. It's like, what is this? I think a lot of people would see a scene like that, too. And they'd be like, this is dumb. What is, you know, like, this is stupid. But um, I, I love that kind of stuff. This is like and I'm curious, too, because I, do you I don't know how to describe this like brand of humor. Do you do you like Tim and Eric? Uh, I don't know what that is either. Oh man, I'm just I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm throwing all these things at you. Um, Tim and Eric, uh, they had a like kind of a sketch show on Adult Swim for a long time. Um, and it's 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 weirder than this. I feel like, and it's kind of like gross, more gross-out humor in a way. Um, I don't. It's very hard to describe. <laughs> I will probably have to like just send you some clips or something. I yeah. I uh, it's they have this weird humor where I feel like people a lot of people are put off by it but yeah this is weird because i mean this movie especially now you go back there's so many likable people in it there's so many known uh you know faces and all that so um but i don't know i'm trying to think of uh what so i'll ask you guys this because i'm all over the place i apologize but what um what is your favorite moment that your moment you laugh hard at in the movie Do you, you, you want to go first to
2: What's the moment I laughed the hardest? You laughed the hardest the whole way through. You laughed way harder than I've ever laughed the whole way through this movie.
1: (laughs) Okay. So uh, I feel like you talked about this recently that you need to see it. Matt, have you seen Singing in the Rain yet?
0: Uh, I have not. No.
1: Okay. No big deal. So Donald O'Connor does this dance number in the movie called uh, Make Him Laugh. And it's basically this big comedy masterpiece of singing, dancing, and comedy. And he just does crazy things with his body all to music that's just supposed to be funny and it's it's brilliant it's amazing and i would compare that to paul rudd picking up the waffle and the plate (laughs) off of the floor (laughs) it's this brilliant masterpiece dance number of comedy but it's just paul rudd throwing
0: (laughs) oh man um oh hello i think i lost you there no, I'm, I'm here. Oh, okay, sorry, it like cut out. I thought I lost my connection. Um, edit that out. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the hard thing about these movies. Too. There's so many like little moments, uh, in both these movies we're talking about that that, that make me laugh so hard because they're like little, almost like the scene's almost over and someone does one little extra thing that makes me laugh. <laughs> like, um, uh, man, I I will say that I, I I'm like you, Daniel. I laugh hard through pretty much the whole the whole thing. But I think I remember the first time I watched it. I pretty much embarrassed myself because I laughed so hard that I was like couldn't stop laughing for minutes after the, the part was over. My friends were like, "Are you okay? Do we need to stop this?" And it was like <laughs> the part when uh, when uh, Christopher Maloney is uh, standing in the kitchen and the can of vegetables starts starts talking, which I was already <laughs> losing it when the thing when it started talking. I was like, "What's happening?" And then when, <laughs> when he when he says, "Listen." I can suck my own dick, and I do. it.
1: <laughs> it's like I have a lot of questions.
0: I I lost it. I complete. I was crying. Like I was just done. I was out. We had to pause the movie and take a break, like for a minute, because I just I was like, this movie is so crazy. Now that a can of vegetables is talking. <laughs> like,
1: That scene is kind of a litmus test of whether or not you can handle this movie. Like, can you watch a can of vegetables, just randomly start talking, and it's never explained, and just roll with it? Or or is that going to upset you? And If it's going to upset you, maybe you're watching the wrong movie.
0: Exactly. And um, sorry to keep bringing up things you may have not seen, but have you seen the, um, the Netflix show, the Wet Hot American Summer Netflix show?
1: Yes, I have. Okay. Uh, you know what's weird? I was thinking about it while I was rewatching this movie and I absolutely watched that whole show. I can remember so little specifics of it, but I remember Chris Pine is in it and I remember I really enjoyed it.
0: That's wow. I'm exactly the same way. I felt <laughs> like I was thinking today, I was like, wow, I really have to rewatch that show because I watched it when it came out and like, you know, binge it pretty quickly and remembered Chris Pine showed up and <laughs> remembered that I. Felt like it didn't really lose anything from the movie. I felt like it was just as funny, but I couldn't remember like anything specific. But I just remembered it was really funny, um, and I need to rewatch it apparently because yeah, I didn't remember.
1: it. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. I was te- Steph. I was just telling you this while we were watching this movie that uh, it's actually a prequel, but obviously the <laughs> actors are like twenty years older, and it's never
0: addressed. It
2: makes even less sense. <laughs>
0: yeah. Which is Where great. I just love
2: flash forward. <laughs>
0: just love that they're just older they don't even let's do a prequel like let's not even pretend like it's the future (laughs) let's just oh man that's the kind of stuff i like about them it's just like let's let's zig when they think we're gonna zag you know what i mean it's like let's go this way and um yeah i feel like yeah when i saw that you were a big fan of this i was like okay this explains why me and daniel get along so well and uh (laughs) steph you too if you're into this we all get along because um it's one of those movies i feel like that if someone else says they really really love it and love the comedy i'm like okay we're gonna get along because we have the same or close to the same sense of humor. So Yes,
1: absolutely. You know, one of my favorite people in this movie is, is uh, David Hyde Pierce. Oh my God. Yeah. I think I just love David Hyde Pierce. I don't watch Frasier, but he's also in um, Down With Love, which is kind of a romantic comedy parody, but less absurd than these movies. Uh, And actually got to talk about that with Lindsay Wilkins on her podcast recently. But he's also like by far the funniest part of that movie. And he's so funny in this. One of my favorite moments with him, and it's just so small, is where the camp director, she she just calls him Henry. And he says, please call me Henry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, see, now I, I know there's something else, too, that happens later on with him that made me laugh really hard when he's with the kids. And they're uh, looking up at the the sky. But I cannot. I'm blanking. Is it it is? He's
1: I... crying that he didn't make tenure
0: that might be he's just an
1: associate <laughs> professor which means he's less than, less than.
0: <laughs> oh that probably is it i mean it's hard there's so many funny moments and um just funny yeah this bits of this movie um i it's, it's <laughs> sorry i'm looking at i'm looking at rdb an um and just all the People in this movie is insane, and it's weird to me. It's not that weird because they weren't famous at the time, but um, much like they came together as (laughs) this movie bombed, I don't think it got much of a release.
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. I know they came together, didn't get much of a release, but I don't know about this one. This was a little before when I was paying attention to movie theaters.
0: Yeah, I went back trying to figure out what happened with this, and I really can't, but I mean, it cost five million dollars and made like 200,000, which kind of implies that uh, it didn't get much of any kind of release, so um. That's unfortunate. But I mean it's got it's got cult status now. We got a Netflix show, so they're fine. But and everyone These
1: actors just, seem to have
0: do seem to be they, doing okay. Yeah, they seem to be okay. I just thought that was so interesting. It's like you look at this cast, it's full of people you recognize, and it's like total bomb. Didn't do well. So um even the can of vegetables is famous now. H. John Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> um so I don't know, uh Steph, who's your favorite, who's your favorite character in the movie? Do you have one?
2: Ooh. I really like Paul Rudd, obviously, <laughs> um, but I also really like the relationship between the camp director and what's his face.
1: Uh, well, David Hyde Pierce, but he's yeah. the astrophysicist. Yeah, the
2: astrophysicist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think Jean the Rock relationship and...
2: is hilarious.
0: Yeah, <laughs> how she's trying to. Um impress him and get with him and he's not it up at first and yeah it's it's pretty great oh i just thought of one thing that really makes me laugh it is such a weird little touch where molly shannon is like the arts and crafts teacher and she has that strange relationship with that that boy (laughs)
1: you know what's funny definitely my least favorite part not crazy about the the pedophilia hinting there
0: i don't yeah i don't like (laughs) understandable i don't like that the end they hint at it more than i would it, at first it's just weird it's like he gives her like a back rub or something in class like he just stands up and sorry. but then at the end it's like implied they're gonna go live together which i'm like okay that's a little too weird <laughs> like i could have stopped it before that and everything else is just you know um but yeah just those weird little touches which i think yeah some people might be you know like ooh, this is this is too strange but um I will say, you know what's funny this movie too. I was thinking when I was rewatching it that I don't think it really takes anything that seriously. Everything's kind of a joke, and it's not really sincere. But I feel like the one thing that they play with sincerity, and uh, actually, that they is uh, the Michael Ian Black, Bradley Cooper relationship.
1: I was gonna bring this up. Even okay. like their sex scene is like treated as like kind of beautiful, and I'm like, this is the only thing in the movie that's treated <laughs> with any sort of respect in the yes. entire thing. I thought I'm that glad... was
0: interesting. Yeah, I did too. I I hadn't really thought about it that way before because, but I was this time. I was like, wow, this movie. This is the only thing it takes seriously, which is nice, especially like 20 years ago when usually anything like a gay, uh, a gay person or gay relationship was played for like a laugh. And I feel like it's like the one. It's they're not playing their relationship for a laugh. It's the only thing taken seriously. But it does lead to a great great joke later where um oh who is it? Michael Showalter, Coop, and uh, JJ come in to the cat the they found out that they're they're gay because it was a secret and they're like hey you know like it's like they're gonna confront them and they're like we got you guys a gift and it's like a crate and barrel (laughs) wedding (laughs) gift it's like even that part it's like no they all support this i just thought that was very um ahead of its time for 2001 because that was not uh, a great time for progressive thinking
1: No, I've been watching like a lot of Michael Bay movies from that era. And, and boy, gay people are not treated with any respect in those. So.
0: No, no. And uh, I mean, movies like Boat Trip came out. I think after this, like and Jr.'s whole thing is like, if you haven't seen Boat Trip, don't. It's I just <laughs> recently
1: discovered this movie exists. And I literally read the entire Wikipedia plot synopsis. And I was like, what the fuck is this? OK, so, Steph, this guy <laughs> He goes on like a cruise. I think, I think he goes on a cruise to meet women. Cause he just got dumped and then he finds out it's actually a gay cruise, but then he does meet some women who I think are there as like waitresses or something. And, but he pretends to be gay the whole way to like get close to them. It's very, very that's early two thousands in a horrifically dated way. It's real sketchy. But it's I'm real talking sketchy. about a movie I've never seen right now. So that's a, hey, I think reading the
0: Wikipedia summary is the way to experience boat trip. Um, That's, that's the only way anyone should experience boat trip in 2021. (laughs) Like leave it as like a relic of the past. So stuff like that, I think happened that had to be after this. I'm pretty sure. But, um, so yeah, the fact that they treat that, um, relationship, this movie like that is actually pretty amazing. (laughs) So, and it made me appreciate the movie more. I was like, Oh, that's, that's good movie. Good job.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You can, you can tell that like good people are making this movie, you know, like, it, you know, there's like offensive jokes, but there's no, I don't feel like any of the humor is mean spirited, you know? I don't think so.
0: Yeah, I was thinking that too, because it, it, I was thinking this time when I was watching it, it kind of feels like, uh, even though it's all kind of goofy and not very sincere, it feels like there's still like a love for pretty much all these characters. <laughs> like, there's just this weird, like, the, yeah, it's not mean spirited. There's like, a, there's just a love for all the characters. I don't, um, I never thought that before. I don't know why. This time I was just watching it like a little differently, I guess. But um yeah, it's it's, it's definitely not mean spirit. It's just it's just strange. But that's I like the strangeness.
1: <laughs> yes. There's um there's there's one thing at the end that, that I like, I think it's kind of interesting. Steph, I'm kind of curious how you feel about it. They basically make a joke out of sort of audiences investing in teenage relationships because at the end, like there's this big teen romance going through it at the end, girls, the girls like, uh, I'm 16 and I really, really all I want is a hot guy and I don't care (laughs) about anything serious, blah, blah. And you sort of realize like, Oh yeah. Investing in teenage relationships is, is kind of ridiculous because they're just teenagers, but you love teen romance stuff. So, so how'd that strike you?
2: Um, I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's, I like teen romances because when you're a teenager, this is the first time you're feeling these feelings. And so it's more interesting and new and exciting. And I don't think there's anybody anybody thinking at the end of a movie with 16-year-olds that they're going to get married in the end. I think the good part of the movie is like watching them experience these things for the first time and like, I don't know, learning about it. I don't think it's like we're expecting a happily ever after kind of thing, you know?
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no that's that's a good point. Um and it, it feels like yeah, the movie it's, it's another thing it doesn't take seriously is those romances. I feel like the only one <laughs> to take seriously is the Michael <laughs> Ian Black bradley Cooper one. Everything else is kind of plays as a joke for the most part. Um so yeah, I'm trying to think uh I don't want to move on to they came together too quickly because there's stuff other stuff I want to talk about, but um I, I will mention this because I just another part I absolutely love is the the higher and higher montage with Coop and uh, and Gene. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> it's so great because absolutely nothing happens in right. that montage. But the music is inspiring. So you feel like something's happening. but Absolutely nothing is. They're just kind of running and dancing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Basically, they're just moving to a really catchy song and you're like, oh, yeah, this is great. And do the, and of course, they do the freeze frame like at the end with the, like fist in the air um, to make you think they've really accomplished something. <laughs> <laughs> um, i've
1: really grown up since before lunch yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man um also can we talk about <laughs> i think the movie takes it up a notch at the end um with how weird it gets with like there's a piece of space debris that's going to fall <laughs> <onto> the <can. laughs> and uh i guess this guy in the town show who the whole movie never speaks um we're to he wills it away with the, there's this wind through the cabin at the talent show and everyone's like getting, you know, hair blown about everything's going crazy. And then he blows the debris away from them. And I'm like, didn't think that's where this movie was going to end up when it started.
1: <laughs> See, I've never understood that. I'm not sure if that was the intention or if that guy is just standing there doing nothing and all that wind is just the asteroid about to hit them. But then David Hyde Pierce and the science nerds saved the day. I I've
0: still I still don't know. Staff, do you have any theories on this
2: oh I don't sorry <laughs> <Okay.
0: That's laughs> wish okay. I could
2: shed some light on it for because yeah. I had
0: never thought of it the way you just said it so now I'm like wait am I the <laughs> I mean the movie's so silly I don't know what they're trying to imply I mean the whole thing is ridiculous about like the the space debris and then I like how it becomes like a race against time movie a little bit at the end too with David Hyde Pierce and like the-, the kids trying to figure this whole thing out it's just so many things in one um it's just it's just ridiculous um uh, and I will say this before we, before we move on. Um, I love – it's it's a dark, comedic touch. But the I guess we're supposed to imply when Paul Rudd is watching the kids in the lake as a lifeguard. And he won't, <laughs> stop, he won't stop making out with uh, Elizabeth Banks. Uh, and the one kid, I guess, drowns. And the other kid goes, hey, where's my buddy? And then they cut to him just <laughs> driving a van and throws him out, out on the road.
1: <laughs> he does that twice in the movie. He does. I he think. comes they
0: come back to that show. <laughs> But I was like, "Oh, this movie, this movie is really something." <laughs> was like, this is so strange. Like, that's a kind of little dark touches. I feel like some people would be like, "Oh, I don't like this." Um, but uh, but I mean, I just, it's a it's a silly comedy. You can't take it that seriously. It's like you know. I mean, um, but yeah. Anybody you want to mention anything else about what American time where we move on to? They came together.
1: So when I was watching it last, I was thinking about. Uh, this movie I just recently watched because Vinegar Syndrome put it out, Action USA, which I think oh. you
0: watched, right? Yes, I did.
1: <laughs> so in Action USA, like these these actors slash stuntmen, they don't have much to work with. It's very low budget. But basically, they do anything they possibly can to make cool action shit happen in front of the camera. So if they can hang off of a helicopter, well, they're just going to do it because they want you to be entertained. And Wet Hot American Summer is kind of like that, where it's it's low budget. It's just a few actors. But they do everything they possibly can to make you laugh. And like, it doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter if it's total nonsense, but if they can make you laugh on the budget they have, damn it, they're going to do it. Like they'll just have a, a vegetable can talk. And I just really respect that level of uh, ingenuity in filmmaking, you know?
0: Yeah, no, that's that's good. I, I do too. I agree with you. I uh, I love that it seems like no idea was, was too ridiculous. Like it, it doesn't have to make any sense, which I kind of love about comedies. Like even if something's like a mistake, it can just be written off as a, a comedy beat, you know what I mean? If someone like in the background or something weird or falls or something, you can just play it off and just, you know. Um I mean I love that they include a scene where Chris Maloney like humps a fridge for <laughs> <laughs> I don't know reason. I think it's because um god, I mean it's just there's just no rules here. It's just pure pure silliness, which I really really like cuz I I always I think it says for in this podcast too, but we haven't talked about a lot of comedies, but I'm really not big into like topical humor political humor like i get really tired of it really bored i'm more into like this kind of like really like off the wall like silliness just pure crazy zany comedy
1: <laughs> so what's like the kind of comedy that like doesn't vibe with you like do you have an example of
0: one? Oh, that's a good question i mean it's more i can't think of i can't think of movies off the top of my head but i'm thinking of more of like standout comedians who do like all like political jokes are all like social jokes you know what i mean okay like, yeah i just rather have more just complete silliness and all i can think of is like i think i use example too is that i'm a big fan of conan o'brien like i love conan and he he has to do a monologue when he does a show because every late night host has a monologue of what's going on but he's always said that he loves to do like the sketches they do because that's where that's his kind of comedy is like just kind of silly insane ideas. Like they if you watch some of their sketches, like they've had like a guy in a giant bear suit and he comes out, they call him a masturbating bear and circus music plays. No reason, just because. Like it's just like weird and like they have all these weird characters they make up, like FedEx Pope, who's a guy who just wears a FedEx box on his head and walks by and like it's just all this this whatever crazy idea they come up with, that's like they throw it in and um that stuff's more interesting than just kind of someone doing another uh, a political joke or something for the day, which is kind of where I'm at. I don't really like watching stand up when all it's about is just, um, you know, just and I, I don't like Trump, but it's like, you know, if you make Trump jokes, I kind of get bored of it. I'd rather kind of like watch some like really weird off the wall comedy. That makes sense.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. Because the thing is, like, yeah, you can easily make fun of Trump and sometimes it'll be kind of funny. But then you still have to think about Trump, and that's not fun.
0: <laughs> no, you know? no, never is. So, yeah, I just prefer my comedy to be like, way weirder. And I have weird things that I find really funny. Like, my sister will send me anything that has – for some reason, if you show me a real, like, dog with, like, but like, fake paws, like, if a real dog and they show them, like, holding up a fake paw with a gun and he shoots someone, that makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> like, that's real very specific
1: animals. example. Very
0: specific. <laughs> Like, just the more, like, yeah, something... Abs- I like absurdist comedy, basically, is what I'm trying to say. I don't like animal violence, but I like
1: animals <laughs> inflicting violence with firearms.
0: <laughs> a real... Yeah. There <laughs> show me a real go-to retriever with a fake little <laughs> arm and a gun. And he shoots a person, and it's, it's like, what is going on? <laughs> oh, it's hard to describe. I don't know.
1: <laughs> sure, sure.
0: But um, I know it when I see it, basically, is the... <laughs> It's the gist of it. Um, so, and there's, I feel like there's a lot of just weird touch. I feel like I have more to say about they came together. I don't know why. I just feel like, I think overall, I think I like Wet Hot American Summer more as a, like a whole movie. But I think they came together, I think, has more funny moments for me, if that makes sense. I don't know how you guys feel about these, like which one you like better or anything.
1: I like Wet Hot American Summer better. For me, it's funnier. But I know Steph has an opposite opinion, so I'll let her voice.
2: <laughs> you do laugh a lot at Wet Hot American I summer. really do. Like, it turns me off a little bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, one time we were watching it and she literally told me, like, you're hurting my ears.
2: <laughs> I think I had a headache at the time oh. and you were just laughing so loud. <laughs>
0: Oh, this, I I get self-conscious about laughing too hard in front of people because this is what happens. (laughs) I mean, people are like, ooh, like, you you laugh too much. People are concerned, (laughs) especially in front of uh, like a new person I'm dating. And if I laugh too hard, she might be like, oh, like this
1: guy is really annoying. (laughs) Well, right now, literally for the first time in my life, um, actually paying attention, I'm watching one of Steph's favorite shows, Friends, which I've never given friends the time of day before. And it makes me, and honestly, I find it very funny. It makes me laugh a lot, and it makes Steph very happy to hear me laugh at that show. So that's good.
2: Well, because I don't want you to think it's dumb.
1: And I don't <laughs> think it's dumb. I actually think it's pretty funny.
0: That's, uh, my mom and sister love that show. And I don't, I haven't sat down and watched it either, but it's, like, whenever they've had it on, and I kind of walk by, I usually, something that usually makes me laugh. Like, I do find it funny. I find Joey pretty funny. Um, especially, I feel like he always makes me laugh. So, it's, yeah, it's a funny show. I just don't, I've never sat down and, like, watched it myself, but...
1: It's like so popular where you're just like, "Oh, I don't need to care about that." But <laughs> then like once your wife forces you to watch enough episodes, you're like, "All right, it's I pretty didn't charming." I I
2: force you to watch <laughs> I know, any I know. Episodes. Actually, I
1: would like work on my podcast editing while it's on and then eventually I got sucked in.
0: <laughs> oh, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, I need I need good background shows for podcast editing. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But so Steph, you like they came together more? I do, and
2: I was trying to think about this, and I was talking to Daniel right before we were recording, and I think part of it is Wet Hot American Summer doesn't really have, like, a story. You don't have a reason to, like, stay engaged to, like, figure out what happens, and I think for me, like, so I fall in and out of attentiveness with Wet Hot American Summer, Um, but I don't know, I feel like They Came Together has a little bit of a story, obviously, with the love story, and so it just holds my attention a little bit more, and... I don't know. It's got more Paul Rudd. So obviously, <laughs> I like it better.
0: Listen, always a good thing. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> that man um, does not age. <laughs> no, when I watched Wet American Summer and they came together, like all pretty close together, he looked exactly the same. I watched something more recent with him in it. And I was like, oh my God, he still hasn't age <laughs> like in the span of 20 years. Um, It's, it's, people joke about it, but no, it's something's going on there. He may be a vampire. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> um, yeah i think i i can't really pick i don't know like i said i think i what like what hot more is like a movie to get it. you know it's funny Steph. you make your point it's like it doesn't really have much of a story till the end it kind of like generates a story out of nowhere <laughs> where it's like the space debris and it's all silly anyway but this is like it has well, it has a structure of a rom-com and they're playing with like every single trope i feel like they hit on every single rom-com trope in this movie in an hour and 20 minutes which is kind of incredible <laughs> <laughs>
1: Maybe I just prefer Wet Hot American Summer because I love Sleepaway Camp.
0: Oh, that's very possible. You can't go wrong <laughs> with either one. I mean, there's not there's not a wrong or a right choice here. I feel like it's just a preference. But um, so they came together. I don't know about you guys. But when you I first saw this, I think after this movie brought it to my attention because I hadn't heard of it, and I thought, how the hell haven't I heard of this movie? with Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler uh, and all these other people. Uh, and then I saw kind of like Wet Hot American Summer. It got a horrible like release and nobody saw it so once i saw it the first time i was immediately in and i don't know about you guys if you were one over like immediately with this movie or not but i was yeah
2: oh yeah definitely
0: so i feel like you both like romantic comedies more than i do i'm very like i'm a novice when it comes to romantic comedies so i uh you know i don't know if that makes it funnier if you like those or um because i know the tropes but i don't watch a lot of them but i really do love this
1: Yeah, I I am a romantic comedy fan. Um, I think I'm probably more of a fan of older ones, like especially from the 30s and the 40s, which they came together isn't so much dealing with, but I have seen a lot of romantic comedies from like the 90s and early 2000s, which is more so with this movie spoofing. Uh, So it is fun to see all the tropes that I know and have seen in movies before uh, sent out because although I do like romantic comedies, I recognize they're very easy to make fun of, you know?
0: Right, right. And it's it's kind of the fault of people who came after good romantic comedies just being lazy and copying the formula, I feel like. You know what I mean? I, when Harry Met Sally, yeah. Yeah, it's like, let's all do that. Uh, or, you know, I think they came together, and you guys can tell me more than uh, it, it, This is pretty much, it's very close to, like, you've got mail, right? More in the than general, anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the general plot. Um about like oh amy poehler owns a small business and paul rudd works for the big bad corporation (laughs) trying to take over her tiny candy shop um yeah if anyone hasn't seen this uh i'll give you the very basic plot it's paul rudd amy poehler um and it's it's it is a romantic comedy parody through and through uh that's important to know because i feel like i want to tell you guys about this i was going through amazon reviews this movie there are a shocking (laughs) amount of people who don't know this is a parody.
1: Which is weird because like this kind of movie is not that unusual. I mean, Airplane, The Naked Gun, Pop right. Star. Although Pop Star is not very popular, but this isn't
0: <laughs> that weird. It's yeah, I don't get it. I think it's a lot of like I saw a lot of women named Karen. I'm not judging by the name Karen, but there were oh, a shit. lot of reviews from Karens, <laughs> and there was oh god, there was like stuff like you know I like Amy Polar and Paul Rudd, but this was just trash. Like uh, I I the only one I saved because it was funny, and it is from a Karen. Karen W said. Kind of a strange movie. I didn't like it. Turn it off. Didn't watch it all the way through. <laughs> like,
1: just, people just that leave up. reviews for movies that they don't finish. Oh. I don't know. I, I can't sanction
0: that. I don't like it either. I don't like it either. A lot of people said they turned it off. I'm, but And I heard this before that, yeah, a lot of people just, I think they thought they were getting a straightforward romantic comedy with Amy, Amy Polder and Paul Rudd. And uh, that's not what this is. So I don't know how that would play if that's what you were expecting
1: (laughs) well the poster is very straightforward it doesn't look like it's not a the naked gun style poster it does look like a rom-com and it's starring Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler who are mainstream normal comedy actors that everybody knows
0: yeah it's it's just funny and then I mean I guess it got that weird release so probably nobody saw any kind of marketing for it so you know what I mean they just scroll through VOD stuff and they're like oh okay and then they put this on and (laughs) It's like starts off like completely ridiculous. Amy Poehler, I love her from the get go when she's like bumping into everything in her apartment, she's like <laughs> kind of a klutz, and just smacking everything. Over she
1: like because down the stairs. <laughs> because beautiful women need to be clumsy so that they're approachable. Don't you understand? Oh, that's what it's it is. like. I don't I know did. if I've actually seen this whole movie, but I did see a clip from What a Girl Wants with Amanda Bynes. And oh. she for a long time in front of a bunch of people just parades around like a model and like everyone in this crowd is like, oh, wow, she's so hot. And then for no reason, she just trips and falls over. And I'm like, OK, so this is now she's approachable and not just hot. OK.
2: <laughs> I uh, I tripped and fell for no reason on my second day at work at my job.
1: That's right. You did. You were very upset about that.
2: Yeah it's
0: embarrassing everyone think oh she's approachable now because she took a fall
2: i sure hopes that was my goal obviously
0: (laughs) this is why i did it um oh man that's yeah it starts off like hot like just with that and then this was interesting because i didn't know this till today i just was like had a little time uh i was like finishing up work and i watched like there's like a 20 minute behind the scenes thing on the blu-ray and um that the whole movie was done and they tested it for for audiences and they said it didn't go very well Uh, Because they didn't originally have the whole extra bit, the wraparound kind of with um, uh, Ellie Kemper and Bill Hader that wasn't in the original cut. So they went back and added all that because they were like, oh, right, we should probably have like a – they said we have our princess bride, but we don't have the uh, Peter Falk uh, voiceover to guide us through it. So they went back and shot that all in one day, which it kind of blew me away. Yeah, um, they
1: just called up their buddy Bill Hader and Ellie <laughs> Camp. Uh, sorry, Ellie Kemp. I didn't. remember. Ellie, Ellie Kemper name.
0: from The Office. Yeah, the red-haired uh, woman. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they just got some big stars. That see, that is a good idea
0: because that does set up
1: that hey, we're telling you a corny romantic comedy.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's That's pretty good ro- I couldn't imagine without it. Then I was like, wow, there's a version that didn't that existed without. course there's so many good jokes that come from that. Them cutting back to that. <laughs> Like, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of the scene that does make me kind of really uncomfortable is the Bubby scene.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, the only part Steph
0: hates. No. Okay, that's listen, Steph. I'm kind of the same way because it's a little bit too much almost. It's like don't make I,
2: me think about it.
0: Okay, we'll move on. But the of <laughs> the fact, it's so great because everyone's just like, ooh, uh, and they do get one more. I love the running joke of everybody leaving and going, "Hey, thanks." Like,
1: like, <laughs> or when people storm off. Wait
0: shit <laughs> <laughs> so good and okay this one i feel like i could talk about like every funny moment and i feel like i have so many um i laughed so hard today because i don't think i'd i'm sure i caught this but you know it, things hit different in comedy each time you watch it where paul rudd's arguing with his brother and it actually is they're playing it kind of dramatic like they're both yelling at each other and they're pretty serious but then his brother's like that don't you remember the old the old oak tree and the tire swing He's like, you sold that tire swing <laughs> I'm like, wait, he sold a tire swing for money. <laughs>
1: like, I sold that tire to put food in your belly <laughs> and a shirt on your back. It's
0: so, so ridiculous. Like the whole thing's played so straight and they drop that in there and you're like, wait, what?
1: <laughs> you know, what's funny. I recently watched uh, Albert Pune's Kickboxer 2. Oh, OK. <laughs> and in that movie, the main character and his brother have the exact relationship from They Came Together. <laughs>
0: oh that's fantastic i mean you know it's all kind of works because you've all seen it before in like other movies you know it's like it's just so it's so like pitch perfect making fun of all these things you've seen and and just played so well but yeah that cracked me up um man uh so do you guys have a a favorite scene in this or a scene that makes you just laugh really really hard
2: i really like the part where uh, Amy Poehler is kicking Paul Rudd out, and she's like, "Take your suitcase and your briefcase." And then she just keeps piling stuff like, <laughs> like your magic markers and your clompy <laughs> slippers and your floppy hat. And it's just, she just keeps going and going.
0: <laughs> I'm like, "They just met. How much stuff does he have?" Then? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's another great trope. Um, <laughs> I do, I do love that scene. That was another one that kind of made me laugh harder today than it had before. Like, it just kind of, uh, I was, like, oh, I kind of forgot about this part. <laughs> Uh, Daniel, what about you? What 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 cracks you up in this one?
1: <laughs> uh, I'm going to name a couple, both okay. involving maybe two of my smaller bit player MVPs of this movie. So one is Christopher Maloney, who's maybe the oh. MVP of both of these movies. Yes, yes. And I love at the Halloween party when he, <laughs> <laughs> he has or the yes. robot and he accuses the entire room of putting his costume on. Shitting in it and leaving it in the bathroom. Who do you think did
0: it? <laughs> yeah, I love the button afterwards. Jason Manzukis like, guys. Who do you think did? It? By the way, Jason Manzukis another
1: person who's like the MVP of everything he's in. Yes,
0: he's one of my like favorite <laughs> funny people. Like I, because I do. You listen to How Did This Get Made? Oh no, I don't actually. He's on there. It's like him and Paul Shear. If you know him from like the league, and then Paul Shear's wife, who's a june diane ray and like it's the three of them and they watch uh bad movies uh and then have a guest usually and it's it, they've had a lot of these people on actually you know michael and black's been on there i mean they've had they've been going for, like 300 episodes but uh, um he's so funny like i know like i feel like we both have probably gotten past the point of like oh like shit on bad movies but um <laughs> i mean it is really funny it's not like they're like some guys in their basement they are like actually people that are funny and Jason manzoukas usually steals like every episode with something he says you know um and he's he's just so I don't know everything he said just makes me laugh. I don't know what it is. And I, the part you just reminded me of the part I love uh, when I first saw it was when uh, Paul Rudd walks in the office and Jason Manzoukas is there and they're just having their like setting up like, hey, buddy. Hey, pal. And it's like, hey, go long. And then Jason Manzoukas falls out the window
1: <laughs> because, of course, the main guy has to work with his best friend and right. their desks are right next to each other. But they never really do work right <laughs> because this is a romantic comedy. Isn't that what you do? Uh, I work from home. So So
0: you
2: do work with your best <laughs> friend. Uh, that's oh, right.
0: Very nicely played. I was I almost said Chris or Todd.
1: <laughs> uh, sadly we don't work together.
0: No, I just you really on podcasting. get nothing done. Yeah. <laughs> um Man, we got to talk about some – I have some stories from your last episode that you did, but I'll do it off mic after the episode. I <laughs> <laughs> heard some stuff that Chris said that stopped me in my tracks, and I had to stop because I was laughing so hard. He is um, off the rails in that episode. He, he is, but I absolutely love it. Um But, man, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll talk about Chris later. I don't have people to listen. <laughs> but um, I will stop and say, if you have not listened to Daniel's last episode of Cobwebs that just came out, uh was like an Oscar episode, and it's a crossover between you, The Terror Table – and Chris's podcast, Inside the Sequel, it was so much fun. It was one of the best podcasts I've listened to in so long, honestly. I mean, like praising you, but yeah, I mean, uh, no, honestly, I love that episode.
1: Thanks, man. I I had no idea how that was going to go because, like, we just drank and talked about a bunch of movies, and I just (laughs) completely made up a bullshit game out of nowhere to try to structure it, and uh, I'm glad it worked out.
0: It, no i'm so jealous of your ability to make up these games like on the fly because i've been trying to do stuff for, i can't think of like anything because i'm just ripping off other podcasts <laughs> i'm like no, that's screen drafts. And oh that'd be something. great bring bring something <laughs> me you and like somebody else can do something but um yes i, I want to plug that because that episode was was really good but i think people should be listening to Copwebs already if they're not but they should listen to that episode <laughs> um but sorry so that was a tangent but so um Okay, so back to back, they came together really quick. Oh, I just because I'm on IMDb and I, it just flashed across the screen. The basketball scene kills me when all the oh. guys are standing around. <laughs> Talk about like just taking it right to like every like all these romantic comedies, uh, just like just to a T with, you know, it's the one guy who's and they're just saying what they are. It's like, you got to listen to me. I'm a family man, you know, <laughs> it's like, no, listen to me, man. I'm trying to score with chicks. And I love that Ken Reno is doing this thing with his leg back and forth. <laughs> like,
1: I love Ken Marino. Anytime he shows yeah. up in anything, he's the best.
0: He's so funny. Like, he's just about to shoot a basketball, and it's like – this is how it's hard to describe in a podcast, but he's, like, got the ball, and he's, like, just putting his, pulling his leg back and forth. And then he says something like – he makes him innuendo, but then, of course, has to over-explain. He goes, talking about sexual intercourse. And then he misses the
1: shot. <laughs> but he yells swish every time. But yells like swish every uh, time. Like, he's <laughs> Andy Samberg and pop star.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, this I, is – Mm-hmm. oh it is
1: it is so funny i like every romantic comedy
0: and every sitcom
1: has <laughs> to have mr chronically single always dating some new hot chick guy <laughs> and i love that they just call it, that's his name in this movie yeah
0: <laughs> everyone's just like their name is who they are like their personality um and you always have like the nice guy who's like been married for a long time and you know is was trying to give good advice and like oh man just i mean just so ridiculous but yeah i love it he's like swish misses every time um this is a problem. I'm just going to start describing every scene and just saying how funny it is. But um, uh, any what anything else about this movie you guys want to say to help me along here? Because I feel like I'm just rambling at this point.
1: Another one of my, my favorite moments involving another one of my MVP bit players in this movie is the great Michael Shannon. I love when he shows up at oh the end God. and is out of nowhere this evil villain. <laughs> and just in the background of a scene gets shot in the face by the cops. <laughs> he runs down with a samurai sword like out of nowhere. And you're like, Oh shit. Is that Michael? Shannon?" It's literally like he was filming some other movie and they were just like, Hey, Michael Shannon, you want to be in a scene real quick? And he's like, all right, I got this samurai sword here. Can I bring it? Yeah. Michael Shannon, you can do whatever you want. All right, I'm going to bring it, man. And that's what happens.
0: So good. Yeah, the him getting shot in the face in the background might be my favorite background joke of like any movie because it's like all the stuff's going on in the foreground and then he's still fighting the cop in the background and he shoots in the face. It's like, oh, my God. I remember me and my friend definitely we like lost it on that part because we just we both were like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> like, oh, man. And oh, I forgot to mention when you said the, the Christopher Maloney uh, thing with his costume, that was my uh can of vegetable scene in this movie this is the scene where i lost it the first time i watched it um with him just sitting there trying to deny that he's shit in his costume <laughs> like playing it off and just trying to put it on somebody else because yeah chris rooney I, I i even tweeted this and i forgot to say it that he's to me he's like the mvp of what hot american summer and he might be the mvp of this but i feel like he has less he gets less scenes in this but he's still really funny whenever he's on screen
1: yes he's fantastic and um one of the climactic scenes when Paul Rudd gives the inspirational speech in front of the boardroom, yes. which, by the way, really reminds me of the end of uh, Disney's Christopher Robin. Did you see Christopher Robin?
0: Um, no, no, I did not.
1: <laughs> it's it's uh, St- Steph likes it more than I do, so I don't want to be too disrespectful, but I wasn't <laughs> wild about it. And there is a scene at the end where Ewan McGregor gives an inspirational speech to his business colleagues in a boardroom, and it is almost – as meaningless and nonsensical as Paul Rudd's <laughs> in this movie, but at least in this movie they know it's stupid. <laughs> uh,
0: no, I don't. I had to think about that one. Was that? Yeah, I, I forgot about that movie even coming out. <laughs> it's like
1: when you yeah, said it, that. That's the like, sad, dreary Winnie the Pooh movie. Oh yeah, I, I feel remember. Like thinking,
2: I like it solely for sentimental reasons, like just because it's a Winnie the Pooh movie. Like it's not a great movie, <laughs> but it's Winnie the Pooh.
0: You don't have to defend yourself. Maybe it doesn't have to be a great I, movie. I
2: feel like I do. <laughs>
0: That's, no, that's fair. I like a lot of movies that most people would not consider good. So don't, it's, and I, <laughs> I haven't seen Christopher Robinson. I can't even weigh in on this, but I do remember thinking when it came out, I was like, oh, that just, it kind of, the trailer even kind of made me, I think, kind of like, I got a sad vibe from it, which I was like, I don't know if I want that from Winnie the Pooh, but, <laughs> but, uh, it's a weird yeah, choice. No. <laughs> So it is a weird choice. I, I don't know why they do that kind of stuff sometimes, but, um, but yeah, uh, Steph, do you have any other like scenes you want to call out that you really, really like?
2: I think maybe the best part of this movie is at the very end where they're like, so why are you getting a divorce? <laughs> it's like we just had this whole like romantic comedy movie and they're not even like in love anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, like the whole thing really was not like serious at all to anybody (laughs) like just adds to the joke of like yeah we just went this whole thing for for no reason
2: (laughs) it just comes so out of left field and then it's also like well why are you even telling this story (laughs) (laughs) like what is happening
0: well the kid
1: was pretty traumatized by seeing his real dad get shot in the face (laughs) by the police I mean
2: yeah valid
0: (laughs) valid fair I love when there's a point where uh, Ellie Kemper and um, uh, oh god Bill Hader try to leave and they're like no sit sit your asses down or something (laughs) Like they've been there for hours listening to the story. And then, of course, it ends with like, yeah, we got divorced. But, yeah, I love how at the end they're like, we should maybe give it one more go. It's like what <laughs> typical, like, you know, romantic comedy where they – because I feel like some romantic comedies, like, they try to give you the not super happy ending, but then they still leave it like, oh, they might get back together. Like I think that movie The Breakup was like that with Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn, I think. Have you guys seen that movie?
1: A uh, long time ago. That's a Peyton Reed movie, so I wish I liked it, it is. more.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, I think there's a thing at the end where they break up, and then I think there's like a thing at the end where they kind of hint like they'll back together, you know, it's got to give them something happy, but um, yeah, it's, it's just so so ridiculous. Um, I'm trying to think of there's so many funny things. I mean, we could sit here for a long time and do this, but um, uh, oh boy, oh, well, I love, me... sorry, go
1: ahead. <laughs> I, was, I was gonna ask you, um, how do you think this movie compares with like other parody movies like do you think it's one of the best or are there a few that you like better
0: oh man um i, th- I mean to me it's probably one of the best yeah because i i also was thinking today like comparing it in my mind to like stuff like uh uh disaster movie or epic movie or what were those like this this all you know it was just like something movie like yeah uh, all oof, after and,
1: scary movie
0: yeah <laughs> Which, yeah i forgot that was kind of what started that whole that whole thing and it was bad and I um I don't think either of you guys like this movie so I think I'm safe in saying that those are terrible movies how dare <laughs> but, you no that no, no. <laughs> <Matt>, we're leaving <laughs> click uh, <laughs> Steph we're done here you just turn the Skype off <laughs> um no I just I was thinking like the difference between I feel like those and like this movie is like oh yeah this was made by actual funny people and that <laughs> those movies are made by like two guys whose names I don't remember but somehow kept getting work and money and I don't think they knew what a joke was <laughs> because all those movies are just like, oh, hey, do you remember Iron Man came out last summer? Here's an Iron Man reference. And here's a Miley oh, superhero Cyrus movie, right? <laughs> here's a I Hannah never Montana saw that. I, I've seen clips and trailers, and that's more than enough. I don't think I've actually watched any of them from start to finish. But um, it seems like their whole gimmick is like they just mix all these uh, references together. I think that's funny. Like, oh, Hannah Montana is standing next to iron man and look there's smurfs like it's like, what it's like, that's not a joke like, it's it's you know it's just like oh look it's santa montana like that's like their whole it's i oh god i don't want to go off on of this on this road but yeah I just, and yeah
1: and they came together is not like that where like it's references are references but like it doesn't really matter if you haven't seen you've got mail you know like right. you can still follow the plot of they came together just fine and like Jason is falling out the window, that's always going to be funny. It doesn't matter what movie you've seen or what pop culture references you're aware of. It's Jason Manzuka's falling out a window. It's funny.
0: <laughs> that's true. I mean, there's just it's funny people, and it's it's well written. So it, I mean, there's just it's just very funny. And uh, um, I I don't even I'm talking about other good parody movies. I usually am. I, I like Naked Gun a lot. Um, I like Airplane, which I just saw for the first time last year and actually was lived up to the to the hype pretty much. But that's all oh, nice. Naked, Top of my head. What what about you? What are do you have any that you really like?
1: Well, uh, Mel Brooks comes to mind immediately, who oh. I'm not necessarily the biggest Mel Brooks fan, but actually Steph and I's first date was going to see blazing saddles in a movie theater. Um, oh. because we met in the 1970s. And, and, <laughs> and it was actually, it was sadly just after Gene Wilder passed away and they were doing a repertory screening. Um, and that was the first time i ever saw that movie, and that was a movie that lived up to the hype. I really enjoyed it. Um but, like, I'm not – I don't love Spaceballs. I don't love Robin Hood Men in Tights. Mm-hmm. I remember liking Young Frankenstein, but it's honestly been well over a decade at this point. So I should probably give that another rewatch. Um, honestly, They Came Together is one of the best. I think, you know, Popstar isn't as explicitly a parody as some of these movies we're talking about. But it is it is a parody of movies like this a Spinal Tap and stuff, even though this is Spinal Tap is already a comedy anyway but pop star is maybe
0: the best of the best. That is fair. I I, I think I, I, I'm like, is it parody or is it more like
1: it's kind uh, of a parody of our whole pop culture?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the part that, with
1: celebrities.
0: Yeah. That's the part that I'm kind of like, it's tricky, but no, I, yeah, I would, it's, I love pop star. Like, I think we, yeah, we agree on that one. And, uh, and another movie that, that bombed, I don't know what's wrong with people I'm not going to see these comedies. I don't, then we don't get, they don't get made anymore. And then we're just stuck with, um, and I like superhero movies, but that's all we get stuck with <laughs> It's like because <laughs> I know I remember talking about this on our comedy episode that we did a while back that pop star nice guys I know came against um, Captain America Civil War, so it had no chance. And I feel like Popstar came out against something else, like another big movie like that. And he got killed too. So stop releasing comedies to compete with big tentpole movies. It's not going to work. Like.
1: Well, I think at this point they're just like, you know, why compete with tentpole movies at all? We're just going to go straight to streaming, which is basically <laughs> how it's going now, which is, is, is kind of a bummer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of that, but I feel like that, that is kind of the way we've been moving for a while. So I, I don't know. Um, I had one more parody I was going to mention and I just totally blanked on it. Um, Steph, did you have any any parody movies you like the, uh, besides this one?
2: Mm, no. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I don't know that I could name any very well. It's not, okay. not a deep
0: pool to pull from. You're okay. I don't yeah. think there's like that many. It's, you know, um, and I'm trying to, I haven't seen Scary Movie in so long. I don't know how well that would hold up, like the first one. Cause I feel I've like I've actually many,
1: never seen it.
0: Oh, okay. I don't know how it would play now. Cause I think there were like, It was still funny and still made fun of the movies that it was making fun of, mostly Scream. But uh, it had still, like, a lot of pop culture references. Like, it was making fun of, like, the Budweiser commercials at the time, like, with the What's Up. If you've seen those, like, (laughs) which would not age well if you have no idea what they're talking about, I don't think. Um, And I feel like the the sequels kind of just killed that whole thing for me because I felt like they got worse and worse. Um, But uh, I actually – and you you brought up Spaceballs, which is a movie that I know – it's purely it's probably nostalgia, but it was like so like in my a part of my childhood that I still really like Spaceball.
1: <laughs> like, no, like I don't I don't dislike space, I was like I could totally watch it. I mean, it has Bill Pullman and I'll watch him in anything. <laughs> and, and it has uh, a, a great line in it from um, Rick Moranis where he says uh, evil will always triumph because good is dumb. <laughs> I love that line
0: oh no it's it's a lot of fun it's just a very it's like a a goofy movie you know it's like i know all you will think it's lesser Mel brooks but um i still really enjoy it (laughs) but um uh let me see here yeah i'm trying to think of any other thing i want to bring up about both of these um before we wrap up here um
1: Well, I did just want to throw some appreciation to Michael Ian Black as Trevor, oh god, the the office villain, because his performance is amazing to me. It's so funny. (laughs) He's just he's just grabbing a condom out of the rubber bowl and going to see my girlfriend.
0: Oh, he's such an asshole. It's supposed to be like a comedy. And I think he plays it so well that I do actively hate him (laughs) in the movie. (laughs) And the way he even says the Dick Ricker account is like, (laughs) like, I hate him so much he's playing it so well because he's such a slimy bastard i do love at the end when he's fighting with chris maloney in the boardroom and i can't remember chris maloney says uh something like what do you, I, i'll give you that office and michael Ian black said that's what i want you to do or something.
1: well he said no he says get out of here before i change my mind oh after yeah
0: firing him <laughs> Thank you. yeah so that's what i want you to do <laughs> um god i also love that they even had the trope down to like yeah there's always some big account when they like someone has to nail like yeah. <laughs> the dick ricker account which is a great name that sticks in your head <laughs> um man also this is just random this is totally this is not anything with movie but it's like i noticed this today so many future marvel people in this movie maybe not so many but like kobe smolders paul rudd um what's it, randall park and oh, even right. you guys have been watching wandavision um yeah. what is her name to Nora Paris oh, who plays right. Monica Rambeau. Yeah. <laughs> I was
1: yeah, like... I just I just realized that the other day. It was like the day after we'd watched WandaVision and it just suddenly clicked in my head. Oh my god, the best friend from They Came Together. Yeah, you're totally <laughs> right. Well thing is, if you watch any movie these days, like there's future Marvel that's, people in there.
0: That's true. I thought I was like, wait, is this more of like a, a thing about this movie, or is just everyone's getting caught in the Marvel web of like you, you know, you'll be in a Marvel property eventually. <laughs>
1: It's like watching a movie in the 1950s, and you're just like, "Wow, look at all these Western actors in here." It's just because that's what everybody did in the
0: 1950s. Oh, I think it was more that I was like, Marvel's pulling a lot of people from like this absurd comedy that just kind of made me kind of laugh. But um, but this cast is so big, and Marvel just everyone has been Marvel. I think it's just I heard today Keanu Reeves might be in a um, like a Spider-Man either movie or spin-off playing like Kraven the Hunter. I'm like, they're going to get him eventually.
1: (laughs) I don't know how I feel about that. Cause then like, uh, you're going to have to have Keanu Reeves do an accent and that's not really his thing.
0: (laughs) Yep. You know, uh, I'll give credit to Mike Scott for this. I just saw this and he's like, guys, Scott Atkins is available. To, to All I'm saying is,
1: I have <laughs> always thought that, even before I was a Scott Adkins fan, I was just like, well, that guy is Craven the Hunter. Clearly, I mean, look at him.
0: Yeah, he looks like he don't even do anything. So, yeah, that's uh, you know, Marvel gets everybody eventually. I think is the is the lesson here. Uh, <laughs> so then
1: you could put a martial arts stunt double in the Spider-Man outfit, and they can have a big martial arts fight. and It would be amazing, but they're never
0: gonna do that. I, <laughs> Oh, I just got so excited for something I I know will never happen.
1: (laughs) I know I I really want this is so off topic. I'm so sorry, but I really want superheroes to go public domain. I want to get like three weird Batman movies in a year just because anybody can make one. And then you would get Scott Atkins as like literally every superhero in different movies. And I would (laughs) love it. It'd be awesome.
0: You just sold me on it you said, don't say anymore you got me scott atkins is every superhero <laughs> it's like give me my villain, cheap direct-to-video
1: batman movie where scott atkins is batman and he's just fighting the mob that would be great
0: oh. <laughs> the fact that they didn't cast him as batman or that he wasn't batman just is such a missed opportunity <laughs> like he could have done it i don't know what they were thinking i, I said this for him like you could they don't need a big name to play batman it's batman like do you need a a, a star to sell the movie you know what i mean batman sells the movie <laughs>
1: So. Exactly, I've always said this like, I don't need big actors in these superhero movies. Like, just cast somebody who, who looks good in the suit, it's fine,
0: <laughs> that's not all a you big need. deal. Yeah, um, <laughs> Steph, any thoughts on the superhero? <laughs> like, we, we literally uh, left you out there. No, that's I figured my. you were kind of were like, okay, guys, <laughs> sorry, that was a real, uh, unexpected tangent there, but um, but yeah, I mean. Before I just go on to describe every funny scene in this movie, I guess we can we can wrap it up. Anything else you guys want to say about either one of these? Lastly, I just want to
1: say a great thing about this movie, New York is like another character oh. in the
0: film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And thank you. You actually just reminded me, because in that little like 20-minute uh, uh, behind-the-scenes thing I watched today, David Wayne, the director-writer, uh, made a point in the interview to say that he'd been hearing that phrase for years, and he hated it. <laughs> and he's like i had to work it into this as much as possible he's like no it's the setting it's not another character in the movie stop saying that it drove him nuts so uh yeah that they definitely um don't they definitely have you know that phrase makes it yeah it's overused basically
1: (laughs) it's such a film criticism joke which is why it's so funny that it's in this movie because it's just for film critic nerds like like us
0: (laughs) because yeah that happens like like less like two minutes in the movie, I feel like and they drop that joke and i'm like oh i'm already in because we're on the same wavelength (laughs) movie if you're making that kind of joke and i'm like i'm with you so um man yeah no i just really i love both these movies um i will say that i i hope people if if they've not seen them um go see them because like trying to explain a comedy is like you know you gotta see it for yourself i feel like so um people should definitely check these out um i'm i'm, I'm i think i speak safely for both of you when you say you'd recommend these very highly as well absolutely and they'd be good to watch them out on head day weekend so <laughs> the Maybe second one begin. at least for sure at least the second one yeah there's a nice little love story we ha- went on american summer so
1: <laughs> there's a as we said there's a very nice sex scene in there <laughs>
0: that's true <laughs> And there's some crazy sex scenes and they came together, so Y'all <laughs> oh, oh boy, is are is there ever. There's, yeah, I forgot about this time and I was like, Oh, this is I forgot how crazy this guy <laughs> Um Luckily it's really over the top, so it's not super uncomfortable to watch with a group of friends, but yeah, it's it can be very awkward. Like I remember the first time I watched it was like few people, uh we were just laughing. But if you've ever had to watch the room with a group of people, uh <laughs> which I absolutely have, then those sex scenes get very awkward. <laughs>
1: They're not awkward because they're just so funny. So you just spend the whole time laughing.
0: I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe it's, I mean, I find them funny, but when I show them other people, I feel like we're just all, there's too much Tommy was so ass in those. for this. <laughs>
1: like, he, Is there, bot- or is there just enough?
0: No, I, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't, I, yeah, I, I mean a lot. Now I think about the room sex scenes. And I'm like, oh God, no, get out of my mind. <laughs>
1: No, I'm just thinking about James Franco yelling, "I need to show my ass to sell this movie." Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now I've done a Tommy Wiseau impression, which means we should probably stop the podcast.
0: That's <laughs> usually usually the sign to stop podcast when we are doing Tommy Wiseau impressions. But um, <laughs> there'll be an episode on that down the road, by the way. So I think I'm I'm saving that for like the hundredth episode or something. <laughs> oh, blessed! I plan I plan to get drunk. I plan to have on multiple guests. Like I have a big. I have a plan that's <laughs> already in my head. We're only episode like 20, but I'm like already like the room episode 100 have like probably people back that have like probably you and like Lindsay and whoever else wants to come and just all be drunk and talk about the room
1: <laughs> oh that sounds incredible
0: <laughs> i think we also definitely need chris otto
1: because yes you do he is he is a room stand for sure oh, good.
0: i, I could have guessed that i could have thought that. <laughs> so, um all right guys well thank you very much for both being on i really appreciate it um We'll have to do this again sometime. Uh, Steph, you're welcome back anytime too. So, um, any movie you want to talk about, just let me know. Oh, thanks. Oh, yeah, no problem. So, um, anything you both, one you want to plug before we wrap up? Oh,
1: Steph just shook her head at me. (laughs) Steph, nothing to plug. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you know, uh, Cobwebs, a gothic cinema podcast. You can find us on all the podcast apps uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Cobwebs Pod. I'm on Twitter at Epler Daniel. Also, um, Matt mentioned our Oscars episode that I did with uh, Mitch Oliver and Chris Hurtado. That was on the 1990s. Uh, The 2000s one will be coming out in the next couple of weeks or so. And that will be on the Terror Tables podcast feed. So you got to go subscribe to the Terror Table for that. That's all I got
0: all right good stuff yeah everyone should definitely check that out if they're not already um and i will just say uh, i will just plug some stuff here um you can follow this podcast if you're not already subscribed uh just please subscribe to us uh uh anywhere you get your podcast. um you can follow the podcast on twitter at film feast pod uh you can follow me on twitter at Matt 87 and you can follow me and the podcast uh at just film feast all one word uh, on instagram so yeah thank you guys again and we'll talk to y'all next week